RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Welcome, everyone, to our Closing the Distance Facebook Live and podcast. We are going to be interviewing Reverend Lindsay Slocum. She is our executive pastor, and I'm Carrie Weatherford. I'm one of our associate pastors. Um, but Lindsay was our preaching pastor yesterday. So each week, we are having one of our um, one of our pastors Uh, interview the preaching pastor from the day before every Monday at noon, but on Facebook live. And then certainly if you can't listen live, we have it as a podcast as well. So I'm really excited about today because I loved the topic yesterday. Don't be a fool. (laughs) Nobody wants to be a fool. (laughs) No, no. Thank (laughs) you. No. Um, so thank you so much for sharing yesterday. Um, I just thought the sermon was so powerful. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit deeper today. Um, so I wanted you, you spent some time yesterday talking about Proverbs in general. Proverbs is wisdom literature. Um, as we get into this, do you mind giving a little bit of a recap about the um the, the learner in this passage and kind of the, the journey that they take. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is actually one of my very most favorite things about the whole book of Proverbs, because I think for a long time, so I'll say for myself, but I I think it's maybe not just myself, but we all kind of feel like it's just all these wise little pithy sayings that get dumped into one book. And um, and it turns out there's significant organization and structure to the book that it's actually, um, it's much more narrative. It follows a whole journey, which is really interesting, by the way, because journey, this, this concept of journey is kind of the whole point of the book that we're there, that we all have these two paths that are laid out before us. And so we need to choose what our path is. And, and so, so while it's calling us to a journey, it also is kind of taking us on a journey as our way, as we work our way through the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And so you start at the beginning and the, the understanding is that the learner, right? So a lot of it's set up as if there is a, a teacher or a sage of some sort that is imparting this guidance and, and wisdom on this person who's learning. So when we read it, then we kind of take on that role to be the learner. And so as we work our way through the book, you can kind of see that even in the, the teaching, it's just like a preschool teacher doesn't teach the same way that a middle school teacher would, that a, a graduate school teacher would. So the, the, the teacher gets more complex, both in the topics, but also in the approach. And, you know, so 
the, those first nine chapters is when the, the learner is the youngest. And so it's very visual. It's the same way that we read storybooks to children and we, we want them to learn things from these storybooks we're reading. And so it's super visual with Lady Wisdom and the Lady of Folly mm-hmm. and all of these just real graphic images of what it looks like when they're calling to this learner and inviting this learner on these, these two paths. But then when you get further past those first nine chapters, um, into some of the later parts that, that Jeff will start dealing with in the other uh, sermons, then that's when the Proverbs even begin to kind of contradict themselves a little bit because it turns out life situations aren't clear. It's not always like this or that, but there's complexity mm-hmm. to it. And so we, um, <laughs> thanks. okay, thanks. Um, I had a visitor stick my, their head in my office. Oh. Um, and so. I think uh, you same visitor stuck in the head of my office. Oh, okay. <laughs> Beth Robertson is doing some uh, amazing prayer quilt ministry. And so we are grateful for her ministry and she is welcome in the office anytime. Absolutely. Um, so it, it, as you move your way through, then the teaching, the, the approach, the teaching gets more complex, but even the topics do. And, and then, like I said, you get to the end, then you see someone who's kind of at the end of the life and they're making some, it's, it's kind of figuring out, okay, well, as I reflect back over my life and the, the, the teacher is continuing to say, well, we're, we're still on a journey. We're still thinking through, we're never fully comprehending who God is and we're never fully wise. That's God's job is to be fully mm-hmm. wise. So it's just, it's so fascinating. And the, there are certain themes we see all the way through like journey and path. And um, it, it's just, it's a really, it's anyway, it's one of, it's become one of my favorite books. I love it. I think it, there's just so much more there than a lot of times we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I love um, that. I feel like we should do this with scripture anyway, but what you pointed out yesterday too, is that when we go in to read this, that we need to go in, um, with a posture of a learner. Mm. And sometimes I think about that, that struck me yesterday is, is that my posture as I'm entering scripture each time is, am I, am I going to learn? And with that open heart and that open mind, mm. I'd like to think I am. But then sometimes I think maybe I go with an expectation and maybe mm-hmm. I, I need to go with that posture of a learner. Um, mm. And so I love that you brought that up yesterday. Um, I thought it was really helpful. Um, and so I, I think too, to just think about how teachable are we? Mm. Um, so yeah, do you, so you talked about these proverbs and I love the story of your grandmother, how she had all of these proverbs all over her kitchen. <laughs> um, is there a, a, a proverb that is particularly helpful for you that you find yourself referring to in your life? Yes. So there's two of them that I use a lot and um, one of them. I had in the sermon, then I took it out. So I'm so glad you asked so I can share these. But um, one of them is one that my grandmother said, and I decided not to say it from the pulpit yesterday. But my grandmother all the time said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That was mm-hmm. like her all the time. And and it in the end, it has been so um, what word do I want guiding for me or formative mm-hmm. for me? Um, because I think there's 
a hundred percent of the time I enter a conversation or I enter a situation intending one thing, but that's not always the impact that I make with my words or with my actions or whatever. And, um, and because we all enter into a conversation or a situation or whatever, with whatever is going on in our own brains, um, you know, sometimes I find myself saying something that I mean in a quite delightful way, but it, it wasn't heard that way. And so, or like, you know, I, a new neighbor moves in and I intend to go over there and introduce myself and welcome to the neighborhood. And I just never get to it. And so then they have a hard time feeling connected or whatever, because nobody from the neighborhood did it. Um, anyway, I just, this, the conversation about intent and impact that I know is just really big right now in lots of different Mm -hmm. places. I feel like my grandma was kind of the OG of that because she said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and, um, and I think she's right. Like we've got to be really thoughtful and, and intentional about our actions and, and mm-hmm. consider the impact they're going to make and not just like an idea that maybe we had and didn't really ever get around to. So yeah, so good. Reference that one a lot. And the other one I will tell you too, um, it came from Mark Brewer, who was mm-hmm. our uh, interim pastor in between uh, Lane and now Jeff. So Mark Brewer was here for a while and he he actually is kind of a proverb ninja too. He had more quotes in his back pocket that he was ready to drop yes. at any point in time. Yes. Yes. But one time he said, um, a smart person learns from her mistakes. A wise person learns from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to constantly figure out, because I think I'm decently smart about, oh, I really messed this up. I need to do it differently mm-hmm. next time. But being more aware of how things are working around me and how people are engaging in different situations mm-hmm. and um, so that I can practice being wise, but I'm not real good at that. <laughs> I'm not good at learning from other people's mistakes. I'm mostly just making a lot of mistakes <laughs> and learning from my mistakes. I, I think I, I love that proverb, but I think that there is wisdom in too, knowing that we are going to make mistakes and how we approach that with how we approach our mistakes, um, and what we do to, to not make the same mistake and how, but I do, I love, I love that. Um, I love that. Um, so speaking of Mark and and being a proverb ninja and your grandmother (laughs) being a proverb ninja, which honestly, like I, that's, I like that. Somebody, (laughs) I'm not one, but that's not, that's not a bad title. Um, I think your grandmother would have loved that. Um, <laughs> My mom texted me after the sermon and that's the first thing she said. She's like, your grandma would have loved that. <laughs> yes. She, she loved like a, just a, a good saying, man, to like just drop right in there. So yeah. Yeah. Was your grandmother like that? Or did you have somebody in your life that was like that? So, well, I was actually just thinking about my grandmother um, who passed away Christmas of 2020 Christmas day. But um, she, she definitely had, sayings, but not necessarily a proverb ninja. She was like a prayer ninja. So there was like all these prayers everywhere, Mm. you know? And so one of the greatest gifts I had, um, was going through her Bible, um, especially when she was sick and she'd given it to me as I was kind of preparing for the service and going through, and she had all of these prayers, um, just Mm -hmm. stuffed in her Bible and that I even used at her service that had been meaningful for her. One that she read every single morning, um, Mm -hmm. one that she wrote and, um, but you know, what's interesting also it's, it's not a proverb. uh, I don't know. 
she had her statement of faith it tucked inside of her Bible that she wrote and this really beautiful statement of faith, but she started Mm. it with the sentence, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Mm. Bible me. So, and it really stuck with me. We think about that sometimes it's just a thing for little kids, Mm. but it was so foundational to her faith and her deep faith. And so since then, that has been kind of a, a mantra that I think about the power in those words. Yeah. Jesus loves me this. I know for the Bible tells me so. And, and yeah. um, it's just, we know it and it sometimes flows so easily that we don't think about that's, it's really important and foundational. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's, well, that's like more spiritual maybe than a bunch of iron trivets all over the kitchen wall. Well, <laughs> we all have those things too. Well, there are lots of other things, but I won't go into those <laughs> there are things that maybe are less appropriate than my grandma taught me. No. Um, but that actually brings me to my next question about who have been those people that have been those holy teachers in your life and um, those faith giants and how, who are they? How have they guided you on your journey of life and faith? Oh, thanks for asking that. And I'll tell you, um, I am overwhelmed. Like when I think about that question, I'm overwhelmed with the list of names that pops into my head. I, I sometimes can't get over how, lucky, blessed, whatever. Um, I got to be that there were so many people that loved Jesus and loved me and, um, and continue to impact my life. Um, you know, both of my parents have really, really strong faith and love the Lord. Um, I, I was actually thinking about this yesterday because, you know, we're training up our elders right now, this next class mm-hmm. of elders who, um, elders of course are the, the members of our ruling body. So these are the people that are ordained to, to make decisions of the church in, so we were talking about ordination and I remember at my ordination, um, we, when we did a laying on of hands, the number of people that got up to come and lay hands on me, because I have all of these people in my life that were, that were also had served in the churches and, you know, all of my grandparents, actually, I don't think that my, I don't think the proverb grandma was an elder, although she's very <laughs> involved in the church, but other than that, the rest of my grandparents um, you, you know, my pastor from growing up, the, um, both of my parents, so many amazing people, um, my youth director, when I was in high school, huge, huge impact. And she, we stayed in touch all the way through. Um, and, and of course, you know, I'm on this long list of people who, whose lives have been impacted by Lane's, uh, Lane Otterman, who was the senior pastor before Jeff by his ministry and, and his mentorship to, to get to, grow spiritually, but also professionally with him. So, Mm -hmm. um, there are all of these people. I actually, it's so funny that you're asking me this because last night I was reflecting on that. And then I was thinking about, um, that now where I am now, I am surrounded by all these people that I work alongside that I, I still am surrounded by these people that I work alongside that continue to, um, to teach me and that I learn from. And it, you know, like I, I think that the Roswell Presbyterian Church staff is, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and the things that I get to learn from being part of the staff, but, you know, there's this Wednesday Bible study that I'm in and um, there's a pastor's group that I'm part of. And I, anyway, anyway, there's my Mount Rushmore is, is like a whole mountain chain. Like there's just a lot of 
really wise people that I get to constantly hear from. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I love that. I was getting a little bit weepy <laughs> because I feel <laughs> it's so many of those things. I, I agree that um, we are so fortunate to be surrounded by su- just such a wonderful staff and church family. And I think, um, I, I think that leads into another question about wisdom. And, and I'm curious to your thoughts on this is um, having those people in your life that you do count as wise, that you can go to. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Or if you don't have someone like that, how, you know, what are some ways to, to go about having those people in your life that you do feel like you can count on and that you know that you mm. can go to, um, to help you discern, um, things that you feel like have wisdom. Mm. That's such a good question. And one that, um, yesterday someone was asking me about women in ministry and you know, how often did I have a, a kind of a woman to look up to as I was coming through? And I said, I didn't, even hear a woman preach until I was in college. And that was, I was visiting somewhere. So it wasn't even a woman that I knew. Um, and so there were definitely times that I, in the beginning of my ministry, especially where I thought, wait, when I need, I need these people that I can like find and look up to, and who can tell me how to do these things, especially as a woman. I mean, I, again, I got to work with these amazingly talented people, but there wasn't always someone that was going to tell me as a woman, well, when someone says this to you, then this is a a faithful way to handle it. Um, So I think sometimes it can be really hard. And, and I think that right now um, we are living in a context where, I don't know, people have strong feelings. And if your strong feelings don't line up with their strong feelings, then sometimes it, there's a feeling that it negates the whole relationship that we can't even be in relationship at all because our strong feelings don't line up. And, um, and so I think that that makes things really hard too. So I guess, mm-hmm. I, I guess, um, what I would say is, you know, good as a good reformed theologian, um, you know, we believe that, that the Holy Spirit works in, yeah. in groups mm-hmm. and we believe that the Holy Spirit has worked in our history. And, um, and quite frankly, we can pull uh, passages from the book of Proverbs that talks about mm-hmm. that talks about uh, the, the city and the, the groups of people. And so, you know, if, if you're not in a community group or a Bible study or the choir or I mean, there's so many really amazing group options at RPC. I would invite people to, to find those because, and, and that's what we've done even over the last couple of years. And so, well, it's the way we've done forever, right? That's the way our government is set yeah, up. The yeah. government of the, of the Presbyterian churches, we've got this mm-hmm. group of people. These are elders, this ruling body that let's be honest, politically, theology, theologically, demographically, they're kind of all over the place. And so it's their job to come together and discern how's the Holy Spirit calling us to move forward as a church. Mm -hmm. And so I think in our own personal lives, if there's a group that we can be plugged into and and we're in prayer with that group and we're in the scriptures with that group of people, then it gives you a, um, a sounding board for when we're trying to navigate. And, and again, kind of back to the whole point of Proverbs, it's not easy to navigate. There's, mm-hmm. there's nobody that's like, I've got life figured out. I'm going to do this really easy. And I'm just going to make all the right decisions. And it's no problem. Like we, 
we all need, we need our people. Um, yeah. I love Proverbs that. calls us to that too. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just saying, I love that. Um, and, and it brings me to something that I was thinking about in your sermon. And so I'll share this. So my, um, women's Bible study, Kaya Bible study, which, um, is a Bible study for moms, of, you know, lots of different ages, but, you know, relatively, you know, younger through high schoolish age. Um, we were talking last week about just being so grateful for, for our space that we get to come together and gather and really dig into some things and to be able to share safely, um, knowing that we don't always line up on everything. We don't always agree um, and really create the space for wrestling and wrestling mm-hmm. together, right? We're mm-hmm. called to come together and, and do this life. Christianity is not something that's, you know, meant to be done alone. Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that, but something that came up in that Bible study that I don't know is in conflict with what you said yesterday, but I was thinking about it as you were talking about fearing the Lord and you spoke, um, you brought up C.S. Lewis, you brought up the Chronicles of Narnia, some of my favorites, um, mm-hmm. and how Aslan, the, the lion, the king is not safe, but he's good. Mm-hmm. And, and then we were kind of talking about God and fearing the Lord. Well, just last Thursday in that Bible study, one of the things that we um, were talking about is that God is a safe space. Mm. And so I, I was like, well, I totally am tracking with what you were sharing um, with just the, how big and powerful God is. Um, but then I'm at the same time tracking with this conversation that I had in my Bible study, of, but God is also a very safe space for me. I can take, I can take it all to God. So I'm curious as I was kind of wrestling with those two um, kind of thoughts of safe and um, God being safe and then also fearing the Lord, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I, I think um, it's going to come down with what, what we mean when we say safe. Yeah. Right. And so is, is God, a, um, as far as you being able to bring everything to God and not being safe, like there, it, God is an open space for certain. Mm-hmm. There's not anything that we can't bring to God. There's, um, we know that God intends grace and mercy and love for us. And that's part of why I wanted to make a really big deal about this kind of unfortunate history that the church or Christianity has with this idea of fearing the Lord, because we have, unfortunately, we all through our history, even if we go back to, uh, you know, the explorers who, who think they're exploring new lands and they meet indigenous people. And it, it, like, there's, mm-hmm. so we just have this kind of whole history of times when we have used faith or fear of the Lord as a weapon, which scripture right. doesn't line up with at all. Um, and so so on that, in that sense of the word, like, is God an available God? Is God an accessible God? Is God, um, a a listening God? Is God an involved God? Is God still creating? Like, is God, you know, we, we believe that God's not, didn't just like create us and put us down and and leave us to fend for ourselves, but is still involved. We, um, we talk about that. We are, are, are reformed and always being reformed that God continues to be at work. And so by, so those things, yes. And so if those 
when we talk about safe, if we're saying, is it safe to know that God is still involved, that God is still present, like, (laughs) like those kinds of things. Yes, for sure. But this idea that it's not going to, this relationship with God or this path to wisdom, is it going to have an effect on me that is going to cause some discomfort or, or even pain when you think about some of the relationships that are impacted because I need to be faithful and following God. And that's going to impact these relationships, these, you know, toxic relationships in my life. Like, so there are, so I guess that, you know, when we talk about safe, um, we got to just, I don't know, you got to kind of think about what do we mean by safe, but it's Mm -hmm. not, um, we're not, um, we're not going to be protected from hard things happening to us. We're not going to be protected from bad things happening to us. Um, but we are going to be protected from ever finding ourselves abandoned. Like that's not ever going to happen. So Mm -hmm. I think that's how I would differentiate that. Uh, That's a great question. I love that. And I, and I so appreciate how you walked us through that and kind of clarifying those different things because you're hundred percent right. Like we can take it all to God and God can count on that. God will love us and we can be safe in that. But also being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that we're going to walk into places that always feel super comfortable and safe and secure. And sometimes they're really uncomfortable um, where God calls us, but I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and just diving a little bit deeper into, uh, into your sermon, into this first, this beginning of Proverbs, this wisdom literature. I think it's going to be a really fascinating sermon series. Um, and you definitely kicked us off just so well. Um, but I do, we don't have a ton of time, but we're starting a new segment this week called what are you loving this week? So, and you are one of the most interesting people that I know. And so I want to know what you are loving this week. And it, yeah, it can be about anything. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm taking that question super, super loosely when I was thinking about it, but I, I am actually really excited to highlight and brag on, um, the elementary school that my children went to. So unfortunately we are not in elementary school anymore, even though that for me was like such a sweet spot. I loved elementary school. Um, but uh, while I was at the elementary school, they decided that they were going to build an outdoor classroom. And this weekend we had the ribbon cutting for the outdoor classroom. And it, I, I, I think part of why I wanted to just celebrate that so much is the, like all the city council came out and the mayor was there and all the all these education people or whatever, but it's this really lovely celebration of um, the community and the cool things are happening in the community. Mm-hmm. And so they're using that space. The kids will use it to learn about sciencey things and dirt and growing stuff, but then they take that food and they donate it to Northfield Community Charities. And they, they're just, there's so many amazing things that are happening. It's just this whole celebration that was part of the community. And I just, I love getting to be part of Roswell and knowing that these kinds of things are happening. I was honored to be invited to that celebration and part of the ribbon, ribbon cutting and, um, and just see that that's going on. So I just, I, I, that's what I'm loving right now is knowing that our community is just doing, they're taking serious care of their children and the vulnerable and the hungry and, uh, and they're having a good time. So it's, it's fun. It was a really cool celebration. Way to go, Roswell North. I love that. Yeah, that yeah. I love fantastic. it. 
I loved it. And the principal was there and I I was hugging her and I was like, I miss you so much. I want to be back in elementary school. (laughs) Elementary school and preschool are such sweet spots. It's one of my favorite things. If it's ever a hard day, I like to leave the office and go down to the preschool hall. And it's just so happy. I was down there the other day and Humpty Dumpty was, why did Humpty Dumpty fall off? And, um, one of the little children had written, like he had a big egg belly and (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, and now I'm in a better mood. Um, I love it. it. Thanks for sharing that. And again, thank you for sharing with us today. This has been so wonderful and helpful and, um, so fun to do this together. Uh, next week, I'll let everybody know Jeff is preaching next Sunday. I am pretty sure on Easter, he, um, had some sort of competition between you two about (laughs) who could have the better proverb sermon, but his sermon is about, I can't decide being foolish. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, right? That his verse is he, now he's moving by the way past those nine chapters. So we're going to be in the more complex part, but his, his verses are about being a fool. And I thought, so the competition is who can teach other people how to be a fool better because I feel like he's got this. Like, I don't need to compete on that. He's got this. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, we will look forward to next week and his sermon and then being together. Uh, he'll be interviewed next Monday on Closing the Distance. So we'll, we'll see what's in store. I'm excited about it. Well, thank you again. And thank you to all of you who are listening. We are so grateful to be able to do this every week and close the distance in a little way. All right. Take care. Bye.